Now, as this podcast comes out, most, if not all, of the Commonwealth is undoubtedly in a sauna. But the good news is, no matter how hot it is, there is more than enough great outdoors to enjoy all across Kentucky. Plenty of activities, things you can do to beat the heat, and I can think of no better person to shed light on this than Mr. Dave Shuffett. He spent many years in the KET family. In fact, that's where a number of you will probably remember him from. Between uh, 89 and 95, he hosted KET's Kentucky Field Program, which is currently hosted by Chad Miles. Between 99 and 2014, Dave hosted the Kentucky Life Show, which is currently hosted by former Cincinnati Reds baseball player Doug Flynn. But anyway, Dave even went national for a while with his uh, Outdoors with Dave Shuffett program. He's written two books. I mean, the list just goes on and on as far as things he's done and his noteworthy achievements. So needless to say, we've got plenty to talk about this week. So strap yourself in and get ready for some insightful, enjoyable conversation between Dave Shuffett and myself on Blabbing in the Bluegrass Season 6, Episode 4. Kentucky features so much more than basketball and horses. We're home to scenic spectacles and one-of-a-kind golf courses. If boating, fishing, dining, or music is your pleasure, we'll guide you to the sights and sounds that you will truly treasure. Cause we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. There's nothing here to hide, cause we're saying it with pride. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With knowledge of the state, you're sure to appreciate. Yes, we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. Where musicians furnish talent and great whiskey cools your palate. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With a fit for every taste, precious time is not to waste. From Masonville to Maysville, Madisonville to Mattoon, nobody but nobody covers the Commonwealth quite like we do here on Blabbing in the Bluegrass as we thoughtfully and faithfully explore and celebrate all things Kentucky. I'm Sam Moore here at the very cool and very comfortable North Quail Motel and beautiful Henderson KY. And let me tell you something. If you're worried, stressed, uptight about anything, there is absolutely nothing more therapeutic than Kentucky's great outdoors. I mean, from swimming to boating, hiking to fishing, we truly have it all. And our special guest is going to enlighten us on many of these locales as he has seen them all and experience them all. Dave Shuffett is the name, and as we told you, he formerly hosted both Kentucky Field and Kentucky Life on KET, Kentucky Educational Television. He's written two books. He went national for a little while with his own show. He uh, served for a time as a columnist for Kentucky Living Magazine. He's been a busy little beaver, and we will find out what's keeping him busy during his retirement years back home in Greene County, Kentucky. So you definitely won't want to miss a minute of our visit. I certainly had a uh, ball talking to him, and I know you'll have a ball listening to him. Now, this interview took place earlier this week before the heat wave hit, so Dave was sitting outside, the birds were chirping, and I tell you, that just 
cures what ails you. At least it did me. So, you know, to, to supplement the fun that you'll have listening to Dave Shuffet, I know you're going to enjoy hearing the sounds of nature in the background. You'll find them quite comforting and soothing, no doubt. So, plenty to look forward to there, and it's just moments away. But before we get to Dave... I have a bluegrass brain buster, hot off the press, ready for you. The goal is to do one of these every week, so we'll give you the question now. You can think on it while you listen to my conversation with Dave, and we will give you the answer in the program's final segment. Now, to uh, go along with our outdoor theme here, I want to know, what is Kentucky's official state fish? Again, what is Kentucky's official state fish? You think on that, get the juices flowing, but don't wander too far off because this is a a great visit that I had with Dave Shuffet, and I know that you won't want to get too overly distracted that you missed something. But we will have your answer at the conclusion of today's program. Good luck. Sam Moore proudly presents his Commonwealth Crowd Pleaser. Boy, words cannot express how excited I am to welcome our guest this week. I've been a fan of his all my life through KET, and uh, you can tell he's in the great outdoors now with the birds in the background. It's only fitting because he was an outdoor host all those years. On uh, KET, he hosted Kentucky Afield. He later hosted Kentucky Life. Uh, in the middle, he uh, went national for a while with uh, Outdoors with Dave Shuffett. We'll talk about all, all of that much, much more momentarily. He is a uh, Murray State graduate and here to tell us about his, uh, his outdoor travels and adventures all across the state and beyond joining us direct via the telephone line from Greensburg, Kentucky. It's none other than Dave Shuffett. Well, hello, Sam the Man. How you doing? <laughs> Oh, I'm just great. I'm, I'm better now that that you're on the phone. It's so great to have you, and uh, oh, I'm glad to be here. Well, I, I tell you, it's uh, definitely exciting for me. And believe it or not, you are actually my my third Green County interview. And, oh, really? Uh, <laughs> let's see. I, I interviewed uh, the boys from One Shot Johnny. You know the blues band down there. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, they were really they were really good. I enjoyed listening to their music, and then I also interviewed Darlene Curry from the legendary Dumas Walkers Restaurant, right there yep. in uh, in Greensburg. Yes. I know uh, one of Darlene's. Well, they, you know that it's it's funny that when they wrote that song, they the name of the restaurant all those years was Adolphus Ennis's. Oh, and I think I heard came, that. Yes. It, you can't get that to rhyme with anything in a song, so they named it Dumas Walkers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that and, that has more of a ring to it. And and uh, uh, Slawburger fries and a bottle of ski—that's that's, that's uh, a local ski's a local drink, and we were—it's kind of a citrusy soft drink, and we were all raised nursed on it, and got you know most of us are addicted to it. I am still today. Oh, I, I drink can imagine. Ski now, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's how they came up with the lines in the song was because that's what that restaurant was known for is uh, slaw burger fries and a ski if you wanted one. Absolutely, and uh, <laughs> like you said, the slaw burger is one of Darlene's uh, many claims to fame. Are are you a fan of the slaw burger? 
Oh yes, yes. It's got its own unique thing uh, going for it. It's uh, it's really good. Absolutely, yeah. It's an acquired taste, I know. But if you if you yeah. grew up on it, you know, it's right, it's, right. it's in your blood for sure. But uh, yeah, and they were also known for their chili. And rumor has it that 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 restaurant would stay open twenty four seven. That's why the the old um, the headhunters came through there late one night, two three o'clock in the morning. Right. And uh, enjoyed their slaw burger and fries but they also were known for their chili and rumor has it that the chili pot never was turned off for decades it just stayed you know constantly running around the clock yeah Uh oh that's awesome but uh, anyway i'm sure the headhunters were grateful for some place that's probably the only place uh no doubt in green county that was open in the middle of the night oh yeah 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 <laughs> but population uh, around here still only well it's a isolated uh county i mean there's only about eleven thousand people in the whole county and the town is greensburg it's a lot of history in town population's only about 2500 all twenty five hundred in Greensburg. I figured it was somewhere mm-hmm. around there, but uh, mm-hmm. but anyhow, uh, that's that's where you grew up as well. There in uh, in good old Green County. Talk about mm-hmm. uh, talk about some of your uh, your fondest childhood memories of uh, seeing and exploring the great outdoors, Dave. Uh, well, uh, my dad would take me uh, here on the Green River. He would take me fishing. Uh, float fishing down the river uh, since I was about three years old. And uh, we would catch uh, smallmouth bass and red eye, goggle eye, some people call them, and bluegill all day long. And then we'd camp on a gravel bar at night. So that was my first introduction into getting out in the wild. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that sounds good. And you're still not far from a fishing pole to this day, are you? No, the river's very close. <laughs> yeah, sure I, think. <laughs> I, I can see the tree line from here on the river. Oh, that's that's beautiful. I love it. I can, yeah. I can just picture it from here. But uh, anyhow, we went out on uh, and, Green River Lake. A bunch of my cousins and I did uh, uh-huh. several years ago, and it was it was a big old time. Uh, I'm guessing. Do, do you have a boat, Dave? I have uh, a couple of kayaks and a canoe. There you go. Uh, I don't have a I don't have a boat for the lake. I uh, occasionally will rent one and go out on the lake because it is a beautiful lake. Uh, just a a gem in the state. It's not during the week. It's not crowded at all. Yeah, I, I can just, I can imagine, and <laughs> you know on the yeah. on the weekends, especially the holiday weekends, I'm sure it's uh, I'm I'm yeah, sure there's a lot of yeah. people in the water, but uh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. did you have a group of uh, friends that you like to go outdoors and fish with and do things with as well, in addition to your family when you were a kid? Yes, all uh, growing up years, that's about all we had to do around here. Uh, if, you know. People were farmers, and then we had the we we all pitched in and helped people on their farms, hauling hay as we call it, and cutting tobacco and all of that stuff. And then uh, and then we had the the uh, great outdoors. We had the river, and also we you know you just mentioned uh, Green River Lake. Well, we had Lake Cumberland close by, right? And the uh, Wolf Creek Dam and all of that, where you catch 
below the dam, you can catch just enormous trout. Uh, and it's cold water, which is suited for those trout because it's coming out of the bottom of the dam. Uh, so we've got a lot of outdoor opportunities around here. When I retired uh, from KET, I'll get into that. People people often ask, why would you retire from a job like that? <laughs> and uh, it's a, uh, the staff at KET are state employees. Right. So I, I had enough years in to retire from the state, and I'm married to a state retiree as well. So that's how we get we get that uh, pension and health insurance and um, do fairly well. There you go. <laughs> yeah, not getting rich by any means, but uh, that's how it, it was the love the job. I just ate it up every day. I've met some some of the greatest people out on the road that you can ever imagine, and then the places that I saw. Uh, However, uh, when you're traveling for 25 years across one end of the state to the other and living in hotels and eating road food, when the time comes that you get enough years in, you can retire. I just took it. Sure. And well, it's, <laughs> nice to, it's nice to eat at home. Yeah, sleep in your own bed at night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, two, two big pluses there. Well, nobody can uh, nobody can hold that against you. Have you have you been to all 120 counties in Kentucky? Oh yes, sure have. <laughs> yeah. And that, during that during that time when I had my national show, I saw a lot of states too. Oh yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. You took it uh, far beyond the Commonwealth, and we'll uh, yes. <laughs> we'll get into that uh, more here shortly. But uh, prior to becoming known as the ultimate outdoor host, Dave, uh, you were a a news anchor for a couple stations. We'll get into that here um, momentarily as well. But what uh, what first sparked your interest in the realm of uh, of broadcast news? Well, I had an I had an uncle uh, down in Murray uh, who uh, owned a little radio station down there, and he he was the voice of the Murray State Racers. Ah, and I kind of I kind of followed in his footsteps. Oh, uh, gotcha. You know, I'm very close to my dad here, but he uh, I was fascinated with what my uncle Chuck Shuffett did down in Murray, so I went to Murray State and majored in that, communications in college, and graduated, and then went out into the world to try to make it in broadcasting. Well, that's cool. So so your Uncle Chuck was uh, a, a big influence of how you ended up at, at Murray State there. Yes. Uh, talk about some of the... Uh, the, the radio and, and or television experience that you got while you were uh, down there on campus at Murray? Uh, well, you know, just the typical student uh, things we did to learn learn the trade. Now, I, I, I my major was communications or broadcast journalism. Sure. So I stuck to television, the television end of it. I have never worked a day in radio in my life. Oh, gotcha. So you've always been TV. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Now, the um, I know the, the, the big station down there now, Murray, is uh, is WKMS. Was that was that around back then? 
WNBS, which oh, stood okay. for Nathan B. Stubblefield. Do you know the history there? Oh, yes. Uh, Nathan B. Stubblefield s- sent out the first uh, radio frequency, didn't he? Or at least the, he's widely credited for that. Well, uh, there was a re- there were two people doing it at the same time, and Mar- Marconi uh, beat him to get the patent. Yeah, so that's it. Nathan, Nathan B. Stubblefield, although the, it, it is said that he was actually the first by a little bit to invent radio, uh, he got the patent and Stubblefield died in poverty. Oh, good. So he just never never got the, the credit that he deserved, did he? Right, right. Yeah, he was from Mayfield, I know that. So that's just uh, just down the road from from Murray there, but uh, anyhow, you uh, you graduated. I said it. Did I say it was from Murray? I'm sorry. No, Thank you're you. fine. Murray's close enough there that uh, yeah. you know they <laughs> they all you know Murray claims Mr. Stubblefield. I'm yes, sure. Yes. <laughs> so uh, and it, it, there in that area, of course, you got the big giant twin lakes and the land between the lakes. Just beautiful down there. Oh yeah, so you uh, spent a fair amount of time on uh, Barkley and Kentucky Lake when you were a student, didn't you? Uh, well, I also uh, did a lot of shows there uh, during Kentucky Field and Kentucky Life years. Sure, yeah, later, <laughs> later on in life, yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's beautiful country for sure. But yeah, uh, crappie fishing, crappie fishing is wonderful if you can hit it at the right time. Also, if you're after some March. crappie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big old crappie down there. That's where you need to go. So, so, yeah. so you're you're no doubt used to catching fish and then uh, turning right around and uh, frying it for dinner. <laughs> well, I I do a lot of catch and release these days because I'm too lazy anymore to <laughs> do, do all that work. Oh goodness! <laughs> and, and the deer hunting too. I don't do that anymore because it takes a lot. It's a lot of work. Now my son, he he hunts deer, but I don't. I just leave it to the the kids, you know, and I can eat the deer meat they harvest. There you go. You can get fed yeah. with it at least. But <laughs> anyway, you just—I'll tell you—deer hunting is. I mean, it can be good for the soul out here, but you got to get up so dang oh, early. My goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get up at four o'clock in the morning, sit in a tree stand, and freeze to death. Exactly. And hope a deer walks by. Sometimes <laughs> they do, and it makes it worthwhile. But then you gotta you gotta do all the work after that. Is taking dragging the deer out and getting it to the processor and all of that. Um, sure. So it's just uh, I, I'm wholeheartedly supported. Oh, yeah. But uh, at, at 64 almost, I just rather let the young folks do it. Yeah, there you go. And then <laughs> you, you can just clean the plate when they get back. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> there you go. I like yeah. it. Now, uh, now, after Murray, after you graduated from Murray State in 82, you went to uh, the total opposite part of the state, to Hazard. I did. At yes. uh, WYMT there, and you became a full-time mm-hmm. reporter. Now, uh, what, was, there a bit of a, was there a bit of a culture shock going from Murray to Hazard? <laughs> Right, there is, uh, uh, you know, a different uh, different kind of folks, uh, but very friendly, very good folks over in the mountains, uh, as they are all across the state. 
I've met some great people. Uh, the mountains, you know, it's a different animal over there. I have talked to people over there who who told me, and this told me many times, that they wouldn't be able to live out here where I'm looking out at farmland, about as far as I can see, wide open country, cattle, all that kind of thing, and they would not be happy in that environment. They they would rather feel nestled in those hills. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. The hills are in their blood. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes, indeed. So you you spent, what was it, three years in Hazard? I did. Uh-huh. That's, uh, that's what and I then, thought. And then I went over to uh, WCYB Channel 5 in Bristol, Virginia, Tennessee, and was a reporter there for a while. Oh, and gotcha. came back to came back to Channel 18 in Lexington. Came back home. That's uh, right. WLEX. Yeah, uh, I was about, I spent about eight years in news, and then I had an opportunity to uh, host Kentucky Field, which was right down my alley. Uh, the boy that was hosting it moved on, and I got offered that. I was really lucky uh, to get offered that job. Uh, it was right down my alley, as I said. I, uh, who you know, you make your living going out in the woods, beating the bushes for stories. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> doing the same sort of thing that you did uh, as a child, but on camera, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's awesome. Now, um, Kentucky Field, I know, started as just a radio show. Yes, a long, long time ago. Uh, it. It's uh, the fourth longest running TV series in America. How about that? Uh, after after Meet the Press, the the Today Show, and the Guiding Light. Uh, now I don't know if the Guiding Light is still on. I don't Do know you? either. Uh, I'd have to I'd have to research that one. <laughs> yeah, it's a soap opera, and uh, Kentucky Field came on in 1953 and never went off the air. So it's been on either radio or TV for uh, seventy. Nineteen fifty-three. Well, sixty-nine years. So we're yeah, we're going yeah. on seventy. Now, who uh, yeah. who was the host? It, was, before? It, it came on ten years before Wild Kingdom. Ten years before Wild Kingdom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. Oh, the things we learn from yeah. from Dave Shuffet. Now, who hosted <laughs> Kentucky Field before you did, sir? Uh, okay. There were only about four of us, gotcha. and I, if you hadn't asked me that, uh, <laughs> it, I didn't mean I, to put uh, you on the spot. Sorry about that. Uh, that's all right. I've just blanked out here all of a sudden. Uh, oh goodness! Yeah, Hope Carlson. Hope Carlson. I'm Hope sorry. Carlson. Okay, I've heard the, that. The name. late great Hope Carlson, a legend, so. uh, hosted the show for twenty-three years. I gotcha. Uh, then, then there. And though there was about three of us who came on afterwards, I hosted it for about six years right. before I got my own outdoor show and uh, tried to do a national show, which I did for three seasons. Right. Um, but Hope Carlton was the legendary host. The legend. Of that show. <laughs> well, he, he, he was from he's he was from down around the lakes there. 
Okay, so mm -hmm. western part of the state. I, mm -hmm. I gotcha. So, uh, you know, you you hosted from uh, from eighty nine to to ninety five, like you said, and I know you broadened your your horizons as far as uh, your scope of knowledge of the great outdoors across the Commonwealth while you hosted Kentucky Field. What were what were your biggest eye openers and and surprises in your travels across the state? Oh boy, I, there's so many. Uh, we, I, we could do I a whole mean, show on that question, yeah, we couldn't could we? Do a whole show on that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I don't know. The, the biggest surprises were how great the, everywhere, how great the people are. I know we have we have crime in Kentucky like everywhere else, but where I went uh, across the Commonwealth, people were great to me and. It just, to me, it, it, it shows how nice people are in this state. I don't know whether we can be outdone in that category. Well, uh, I'm so pretty biased, too. I guess, I guess you're asking about surprises. I was surprised that there were so many nice folks out there to work with. <laughs> there you go. I guess yeah. by and, then, you'd already been to Hazard, you know, you'd already been uh -huh. to Murray, so you were familiar with the, the hills and the, the flatlands, oh, yeah. so... Yeah. <laughs> you know, I guess as far as nature's concerned, there there weren't too many there weren't too many surprises, were there? No, uh, uh no. The the deer population, I remember when they were still stocking deer in eastern Kentucky because uh in my father's generation, nowhere in the state could you you know hunt deer really because uh, there weren't enough of them as well as wild turkeys. They're just weren't very many around and i remember them still bringing deer to eastern kentucky unloading them off a truck and setting them out in the wild and now you have deer everywhere oh yeah <laughs> all Absolutely. across the mountains and all across the state i've got deer uh they come up in my yard i know a lot of your listeners could uh, attest to that yeah I'm know, sure i know a lot uh, of them can relate <laughs> yeah yeah, I tell you, a lot of these, uh, a lot of these country roads here in Kentucky too. You got to be careful, or you'll hit a deer. <laughs> oh boy, you're not kidding about that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Especially, especially during the rut, you got to be real careful uh, and go a little bit slower. Right. I would recommend that because they, the, the bucks, have nothing on their mind. They don't even want to eat. They're just chasing does. That's that's all they're thinking about during the rut. And so <laughs> they're they're chasing does, and they run out across the road, blind, you know, one sure. track mind, and the, the does trying to escape, and the buck is uh, not going to let that happen. Oh no! And there's where there's where you have your accidents. <laughs> yeah, so you know you got to be. Now, when when is the rut for those that don't know? Uh, it starts uh, November. Okay, well, that makes sense. That's when they set deer season each year, oh, okay. right around the height of the rut, around the middle of November deer season. All right, so rut, deer, deer season, deer they season. sort of go hand in hand. Yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. Yes, indeed. <laughs> well, makes sense. Now, uh, you know, after yeah. after hosting uh, Kentucky Field, like you said, you started the... Your own show, Outdoors with Dave Shuffin. Now, this was on the Outdoor Channel, wasn't it? Yes. Uh -huh. That's what I thought. And you did that for three years. So, uh, talk about, and we could do a whole show on this, too, but talk about uh, a few of your 
your favorite exploration destinations that you got to visit outside of the state? Well, one of my favorite spots in all the all America. Well, there's one in Kentucky that is a standout uh, to me anyway, and that's Cumberland Falls. Oh, sure. We've got something, and the Moonbow. We've got something really unique nationally there. But other than that, uh, the western states just blew me away as far as beauty. Rocky Mountain National Park, uh, I, I could go on and on about just that national park. There uh, you go. You've got, you know, Long's Peak is the highest point in the park at 14,000 plus feet. Mm. Uh, I could look at I could look at Long's Peak every day for the rest of my life and be perfectly satisfied. Although my home's in Kentucky, right. I try to get out try to get out there as often as I can. During that pandemic, I haven't done much. You know, we didn't do much traveling, but we're thinking about going back out to Colorado in the next driving out there. I don't like to fly. Um, no, well, you're not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, other than that, I love the desert. It's got its own unique beauty. Uh, everything's beautiful in its own way, you know. Out there well, in Arizona and stuff. I don't like the desert, but I do. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, um, you know, at least out there in Arizona and New Mexico, it's, uh, you know, it's it's plenty hot, but at least it's a dry yeah. heat. <laughs> right, know? right. <laughs> and, and I've got, I've gotten, I got a lot of my hobbies that I do now from doing that outdoor show. Uh, I was watching uh, gold miners use a metal detector. I did a segment on that for that outdoor show. And I've been a metal detectorist ever since. Rock hunter. And, uh, you know, I hunt for native artifacts and rocks, fossils, and minerals. And uh, a lot of those things, and canoeing, kayaking, a lot of those things I learned to do on that show. How about that? So you're <laughs> because in my early days, in my early days here on the Green River, we didn't have canoes or kayaks. We had flat bottom John boats, uh-huh. <laughs> wooden flat bottom John boats. So the canoeing and kayaking and all of that came along later when I when I was doing these shows. There you go. So see, you, a lot of your a lot of your obsessions now can be traced back to your your hosting days, which is yes. <laughs> not a yes. not a bad thing at all. Now a lot of people from Kentucky I've noticed like to go uh, fishing up in Alaska. Did you ever go to Alaska? Never been to Alaska, and you know that's a bucket list thing there. Yeah, I, you, you can drive. You can drive to Alaska. You can if you got and time on your hands. <laughs> you got time on your hands, and the gas prices need to go way down. Sure, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> like, like I said, I'm just I'm not rich, and so I'm well, like any other middle class person who looks at gas yeah. prices and inflation, and that determines how far you want to go, or do I wait and wait for it to go back down and uh, but I'd love to see Alaska sometime. Yes, indeed. Uh, if I don't I, have to fly. There you go. As long as we can keep it I, on I the can, road. I can climb around on cliffs all day long, <laughs> not afraid of heights, crawl around in caves, you know, like our I did so many shows at Mammoth Cave National Park over the years. Uh, that's another national treasure. Why didn't I mention that a while ago? I mentioned uh, Cumberland Falls, but, you know, we've got the... 
we've got the longest cave system in the world by far. Indeed. Uh, yeah, and they've, they've uh, mapped uh, over 400 miles, but they think it goes on for a thousand miles or more. So it's, it remains unexplored. Now, uh, when I say a thousand miles, I, not not in a straight line. I call it kind of like a plate of spaghetti beneath the surface. Sure, sure. <laughs> passages looping around on top of one another and that kind of thing. But it's there. Is, there are not many places on this earth that remain unexplored, and Mammoth Cave is one of them. Absolutely, and it covers uh, three different counties too. Uh huh. Down uh-huh. there, and which is uh, we're close to it right here. Yeah, I know you're not far from it at all, right there, are you? Mm-hmm. But no. uh, anyway, now while you it's, host, it's forty-five minutes from here. Forty-five minutes. Yeah, that's <laughs> that sounds about right. Now, uh, while you hosted outdoors with Dave Shuffett, um, th- did you still live in Kentucky, or did you set up residence elsewhere? Uh, I have a brother who uh, lives out in California, so I would kind of base out there and then come home. My kids were very little at the time, so that outdoor show was wonderful as it was. Uh, I wasn't getting rich there either. Uh, uh, The sponsors paid for, you know, uh, the the, the travel and all of that, but I I paid myself about 20000 a year, I think. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I got wealthy by getting to see what I got to see, and that includes Kentucky Field and Kentucky Life. That's where the wealth comes in, not yeah. the money. I never did make a lot of money. Yeah, but your life was was rich with scenery, shall we say? Yeah. But yes. uh, uh-huh. <laughs> but anyway, know, did I get off? Did I get off on a tangent? No, you're fine. I'll. <laughs> I like tangents. Stray off subject. (laughs) (laughs) I do it all the time myself. But anyhow, uh, let's see. 1999, I know you came back, and I know you got slightly homesick for Kentucky. We can all understand that. But uh, what what was it that you missed the most about Kentucky in your travels? Uh, Well, it's where I'm from. Right. I, I don't know if we can... Uh, this is arguable, but uh, the, the snow-capped peaks that I saw out west are incredibly beautiful, and I know we can't outdo those here in Kentucky, <laughs> but basically it was, this is home. This is where all my family lived, most of them, except my brother in California. He went out there and became a doctor, but this is this was, I missed the humid sunsets of summer. I just missed the people. I missed the family, and so I didn't. I, I didn't want to be constantly. And my kids were little, so this was not conducive to family life. So I did the three seasons, and then was very fortunate again uh, to to be offered the job as host of Kentucky Life at KET. Yeah, and you you replaced uh, Mr. Byron Crawford. When, yes. uh-huh. when he stepped down, and so you you stepped into that role in, in 1999. Yes, and, I, yes. and uh, he he did the show for about five seasons, and I and I did it for 15 years. So oh, yeah, through time, <laughs> 2014. Yeah, uh, yeah, the end of 2014, I I retired. Uh, if if they came to me today and said, "Would you think about coming back?" And if I didn't have to travel from you know, you, 
as a host, you don't have to travel. I did, but you don't have to. If they said, if you ever want to host the show again and we'll kind of keep you in a central location, I'd be tempted. I sure would. You can go because that, that would keep you stationary and, you know, you could still talk about uh, things yes. that you love and you know, have but, other camera crews and so forth make the make the yeah. rounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would that would be nice for sure. But yeah. anyhow, for I doubt if that'll happen. <laughs> well, I never say never. It never might. say never. That's right. <laughs> but uh, anyway, for for those who uh, unfortunately aren't familiar with the the two shows you host, the Kentucky Field, the Kentucky Life, uh, sort of th- tell us how these uh, these hosting duties differed between your roles on uh, Kentucky Life and uh, earlier in Kentucky Field. Well, we went into the field. Uh, the host, being the host, you carried the camera gear along with the crew and with both of those shows, and you were you were out in the field. I worked as hard as the crew. Uh, that's the that's the the, the kind similarity of that I did. It very involved, you know. Uh, sure. I, I produced segments as well. And I was in charge of a crew, and other times I was just the host. Uh, and then t- you can also, uh, as you said a few minutes ago, you can host from one location and talk about this place or that place that somebody else has filmed. Right. Yeah. And that, yeah. <laughs> and that's always... For, for a 64-year-old, that's kind of route i would like to go <laughs> <laughs> absolutely well yeah. i can't blame you plus of course kentucky kentucky field was as its name suggests mainly outdoor adventure whereas kentucky life you know you explored a lot of the the indoor gyms and restaurants mm-hmm. and, well and, a lot of about just as much outdoors too oh, we yeah. did a, our most watched special that we did at kentucky life was a special uh couple hours long called Kentucky's Last Great Places. Last Great Places. These were pristine places in Kentucky's wild lands that in most cases were still pristine. I'm talking old growth forest, uh, uh, wonderful locations, but they were hard to get to, and that's why they hadn't been logged or developed or anything like that. They were still out there, tucked away. And we had, uh, that was our biggest viewership, was that special. <laughs> Most watched show. Yeah, yeah, 2006, <laughs> I think. Oh, awesome. Yeah, and that, that makes sense because uh, no doubt many people hadn't quite made the <laughs> made the uh, journey to those places because, like you said, they were just so hard to get to. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and, we, and we took people there on, on TV. Couldn't oh, yeah. get there. But we we had a lot of injuries getting there. We had six emergency room visits, and I was one of them. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Uh, our producer fell off a mountain. Oh good. Uh, <laughs> she was producing that special, and she slipped on some uh, loose rocks and tumbled down a mountain. And she had to be all stitched up in the emergency room, and uh, we had all kinds of things happening out there. But we got it done. Boy, that yes. was uh, talk about a labor of love. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, and and uh, it, it took it took months to 
to do that special. Oh, I, I believe it. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, you, uh, you live to, to tell about your injuries, and you've got some good stories to, to share from it, at least. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. It uh, gave you something good to talk about all those years. Now, we can't talk about Kentucky Life without uh, talking about your dogs, who actually shared in... Uh, your your hosting duties they were sort of co-hosts for you and um i knew i needed well, got, to... I, I got two of them sitting here with me right now i'll uh, do you now yeah my new ones uh i've got a golden doodle and a golden retriever sitting here just enjoying the, the nice day before it gets too hot see they're, they're gonna yes i had i had uh about four co-hosts Right, I know. I had um, Sam on Kentucky Field. I like that name. Then I had uh, uh, Toby and Charlie and Sadie on Kentucky Life. To- yeah, I remember I, Toby the, and Charlie. The, the trick to, yes, the trick to it is to, you don't have to train them to do, if they're going to be TV dogs, you don't have to train them to do fancy tricks or anything. What you got to do is teach them to be still and just sit there. <laughs> and I did that. Easier said than done for do dogs. A few tricks I could do at the house to show people, but mainly on TV, they need to just sit there. And sometimes the light just uh, isn't quite right. And uh, the crew would say, Can you move him over this direction? And they knew. They knew to go with me slowly and sit right down in the next location and not move they'd sit there and they knew when the camera equipment got out it was time to go to work <laughs> <laughs> they they had been well trained for sure yeah by, by that point now um what what are your two dogs names now well i'm i'm looking at jasper the golden doodle and buddy the golden retriever buddy and jasper yeah like buddy's that. not full grown yet jasper will be two in september Aww. Yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> buddy. Buddy's actually my son's dog, and I, because of his new job, I, uh, I take care of him four days a week. Oh, so, awesome! <laughs> so we we kind of co co own him, so to speak. So you and your son are sort of co dads for the dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's stuff. right. I tell you, I never realized that's, how. That's for, Bu- that's for Buddy. I, uh, Jasper stays here all the time. Uh, Jasper's yours. <laughs> yeah. You know, you'd think my son could come up with a more original name than Buddy. <laughs> because I call him Buddy. I call, uh, you know, all my dogs Buddy. And it's just confusing to the one who's named Buddy. Hey, bud. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's how he came up with the name Buddy. Because <laughs> he'd heard yeah. you calling all his dogs Buddies all those years. But uh, Well, I call him Buddy all those years, you know. And your son, yes. And- yeah. Uh, oh, that's so, like, funny. Yeah. Oh, hey, bud. Hey, buddy. Uh, oh, buddy number one, not you, dog. <laughs> that's how that goes. <laughs> oh, those those are some priceless conversations sometimes, I'm sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. But, uh, anyway, now, in the midst of your hosting of uh, Kentucky Life, you also co-hosted Col- Kentucky Collectibles, I know, with Amy Hess. I did, and um, sure did. How how long how long were you in that role, sir? That that show would come on. Uh, uh, I think weekly, it... weekly, sometimes, and sometimes uh, 
monthly, if I remember right. And it was just a part of my job that was, you know, I was the host of Kentucky Life. And also I co-hosted with her from time to time. And she's a really nice gal. Oh, yeah, I can I can imagine. So you just sort of did that sporadically while you were hosting. Yes. Yes, uh-huh. Kentucky Life, and uh, let's see. For those that don't know, Kentucky Collectibles is sort of like uh, our state's version of Antiques uh, Roadshow. Antiques Roadshow, uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. People would bring their stuff in and yeah. and uh, try to get it, you know, appraised. And sometimes they'd be thrilled, and sometimes they'd sometimes be sometimes not less than thrilled. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, that's right. But uh, anyway, that had to be that had to be fun, and also in the midst of you know hosting Kentucky Life and uh, occasionally co-hosting Kentucky Collectibles, uh, you also have written two books, and one of those is My Kentucky Life from 2013. Yes. The other yes. is I'm going to see if I can get this right. It's sort of a tongue twister: Back Trails yes. and Fishing Tales. Well, it, it, it wasn't my best effort. I'll put it that way. It was my first attempt at writing a book, and I oh, think don't the say yourself one, short. That second one's a lot better. Oh, uh, it just is. Goodness, <laughs> but uh, that was let's see. Back trails and fishing tales was from from '93. So uh, yeah, what? Yeah. The, it's it, too too early for me to be writing a book in my career. There. No, <laughs> no, no. But, <laughs> Anyway, how, how do these uh, how do these books uh, compare, and how are how are they different? Would you say uh, they're both about the great outdoors, obviously, and your adventures? And, yes, and yes, <laughs> they are. The the second one, My Kentucky Life, dealt with art and history and that kind of thing as well. So you might have had more pictures in that second book. I did have a lot. Of- but uh but they they're both books that uh that we could really enjoy now how might we be able to get our hands on these books well uh go go to amazon and you can find them there they, just about every book you can there. find on amazon they're, yeah they're still out there but uh we we sold we did 2500 copies of uh, the, the second book, My Kentucky Life, and they all sold out. And now you can just find them on Amazon where people have read them and put them back on there. So usually they're, they would be used. Well, I can understand why they sold out because uh, not only are the stories fascinating, but you also get the the beauty of the pictures and so forth. And, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people enjoy those. But go to Amazon and you can get your hands on the one of those books at least maybe both and yeah. it's uh, those are certainly well well worth the read and i guess you probably went all across the state doing book signings and stuff like that with- i did and, you know the, the publishers made good money and i made a little bit you got a fraction <laughs> yeah. I, I got a little bit yeah yeah which is yeah, so, better than nothing la- sure. another labor of love absolutely <laughs> labor of love indeed so supplemental state worker income that's there you go was. supplemental yeah. state worker income. that's for sure now you uh you retired from ket in kentucky life and 2014 and you moved from uh jessamine county right outside lexington back to your old stomping grounds yes. there in uh in green county for uh your retirement so for those that have lost track of you since your kt days tell everybody how you've been 
spending your time during these golden years back home? Uh, well, we, you know, we still have to work occasionally. I do some substitute teaching, and so does my wife. And oh, I remember that, reading that. We, yeah. Other than that, we uh, we just uh, spend our time. This place is uh, it, it. It takes some upkeep. This little place I got. Uh, we've got a garden uh, that we really work hard on, and just just uh, taking care of this place and all all the yard work. And then I, uh, uh-huh. we uh, I play golf. Oh, you're a golfer. Yes, I play golf out here at the golf course, and then I do a lot of do, do fishing and floating and, only, and, and rock hunting, that kind of thing. Now, do you mainly stick I, to the... The uh, only thing I don't do anymore is deer hunt because it's just too hard. Yeah, <laughs> and you got to get up too stinking early. <laughs> yeah, too stinking early and freeze to death. Exactly, yeah. and freeze to yeah. death. But that, that, when you substitute teach, do you do you mainly stick to like middle school, high school, or do you do all ages? I uh, do all ages. Sure do. Oh, gosh, uh, and K twelve. It's a way. It's a way that we can give back to the community. Uh, a lot. A lot of the kids. And teachers know me from the television years, and it's nice to be able to give them something back, talk to them about my adventures, and then whatever the teacher laid out for me to do. <laughs> whatever the assignment yeah. is, you have to give them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. But, uh, but anyway, that that's cool. The great thing about subbing is, you know, you can stay as... You can work as much or as, as little as you want to, pretty much. <laughs> so. Exactly. If you want to work three days a week, four days a week, you probably can. Yeah, or if you uh, just want to work one or two, that's fine too. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you got the flexibility there, and we sh- we should mention too that you were uh, the back page columnist for Kentucky Living Magazine for several years. I, there did, I did that. Uh, that's a, that was another little part time gig for uh, a poor state worker. <laughs> uh, but I did the great outdoors column for them, and I did that about twelve years. Oh, and, gotcha. And it was, uh, yeah, as I said, the great outdoors column, it just got to be where I'd done everything over and over again. We we're, were, were restricted to one state. So I was, I was having trouble coming up with new story ideas that I hadn't already done. And so after 12 years, I let that go. And they were, and let me say, they are great people at Kentucky Living Magazine. My editor, the whole staff there, wonderful. It was a joy to work with them. But everything has its time. And yeah. uh, after 12 years, it was time to let that go. Sometimes like you just know when you it. need to move on. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. anyway, so you let's see, you you left Kentucky Living in uh, what was it? Uh, shortly after you retired from KUT, wasn't it? No, uh, it it was just a couple of years back. Okay, so about twenty twenty. Yeah. yeah, somewhere right around there, 2019, 2020. All right, so that kept you pretty busy during your first part of your of your retirement. It did. Yeah, it, uh, I was really struggling. Okay, uh, I need to do a some kind of fishing story here, but I've already done that. I've already done that and that and that. 
<laughs> so it was <laughs> to come up with something unique was becoming a little bit tough. Uh, I could see that, but uh, yeah. <laughs> now you can still enjoy your favorite fishing holes, and you just uh, just don't write about them anymore. So. Fish, yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's 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 the beauty of it. Well, yeah. Dave, uh, this this has been great. I've I've sure enjoyed talking to you. Now, uh, before before we let you go, for those who. Uh, you know, may perhaps wish to channel their passion for the great outdoors and or uh, television broadcasting into a rewarding career. What are some, some words to the wise that maybe you can share with them? Well, first, you got you, you, you ought to get a, a, a degree, and not everybody has, but I would recommend if you can afford to go to college. I know it's very expensive these days, but get that degree or uh, mentor with somebody who's in the field at least right it, it's a hard field to just go into blind and that's that's what get with the experts yeah. you learn. Know, call them write them yeah mm-hmm. learn mm-hmm. from the pros like dave show and that's and that's the way it is with about everything in life you know get with somebody who knows maybe you don't want to go to college or uh these days i can't blame you because of the price but you can learn a field kind of like a trade by uh interning or you know uh, learning from some of these pros exactly yeah so just get with <laughs> find those that uh, that know yeah. the ropes and and, uh-huh. and learn That's from first, them. the first step anyway and they'll give you their own recommendations there you go and then you can <laughs> you know make your decisions from there but, uh, but anyhow, I'll tell you, I, I thought for sure that Buddy and Jasper would pipe up at some point and make an appearance on the podcast. Oh, they're pretty lazy today. <laughs> you know, they know they know it's going to get hot. Yeah, this they, is they, like the last cool to, day. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's about seventy eight right now, but they know it's going to get hot this week. So I don't know how they know it, but they do, <laughs> and they just they're already just laying in the shade on the forks here they're they're psychic they can predict the weather yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh goodness well well thanks so much for coming on with us dave it's been great fun for me i hope it's been fun for you it has sam and it's great to hear from you and uh uh keep up the great work on the podcast now we mustn't press on without making you aware that dave shuffett is going to be the recipient of a fabulous award come the end of July. This is from the Ohio chapter of the National Academy of Television Arts and Sciences. It covers several states across the region, including Kentucky, even though it's the Ohio chapter. But anyway, Dave's going to be receiving a Silver Circle Award, and he's in elite company, to say the least. Rob Romley, our guest from last week, he is a previous Silver Circle Award winner. And Dave jokingly told me that this was an award only given to old people. But not all old people. No, these are folks that have contributed 25 or more years of service within the industry, which is certainly to be commended. So our hat's off to Dave Shuffett. Congratulations on this award. He will be claiming it at the end of July, like we said, in a uh, ceremony 
in Columbus, Ohio. So enjoy that award, Mr. Shuffet, as we know you will. It is well-deserved, and we thank you for coming on with us today and sharing stories of your various outdoor adventures from the past. And I tell you, Dave, Shuffet's going to be hard to top. And uh, he's a pretty big name, but uh, not all of my guests need to be big names, okay? Like I said, there's plenty of people worthy of uh, promotion and recognition that we just haven't found out about yet. So I'm counting on you to let me know about these people, okay? It's bluegrassblabbing at gmail.com, B-L-U-E-G-R-A-S-S-B-L-A-B-B-I-N at gmail.com. Whether it's a state park or a festival that we've not been made aware of, maybe a, a restaurant, a local business that... Uh, offers products that you just can't find anywhere and everywhere. We want to hear about it, and we want to feature them here on the show. So let me know about those via email. You can also let me know about them via the Blabbing in the Bluegrass Facebook page. Please like the page if you're not already doing so. Follow the page because all previous shows are there. I uh, put out teasers on future programs about once a week or so. That way you can keep tabs on what's to come. You can make comments, leave messages. I love interacting with my listeners on the uh, Facebook page, too. Now, with any luck, we are going to come your way again June 29th. That is next Wednesday, and it is the very last week of June. We certainly want you here to partake in the fun with us because, quite frankly, without you, it's just not as much fun. So make sure that uh, you grace us with your presence. And before we part ways for this time, we need to let you know the answer of this week's Bluegrass Brain Buster. And like we said, to fit the outdoor theme, we wanted to know what is Kentucky's official state fish. And that would be the Kentucky Bass. Now, it should come as no surprise to you that a wide variety of fish can be found in our lakes and streams. I know Dave Shuffett mentioned a crappie and bluegill, a few others, but uh, the Kentucky bass is the official state fish. So get that fishing hole ready. Find Dave Shuffett. I know he'd be delighted to fish with you. And uh, come on back next week for another Bluegrass Brain Buster. Uh, between now and then, make sure that you listen and subscribe to Blabbit in the Bluegrass without paying one thin dime. We are currently available via four podcast directories. These include Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Verbal. These are all free. They're all very easy to use, so no reason for you to miss any of the excitement each and every week here on the program. Besides, I thoroughly enjoy your company. So, until we meet again, you know what I'm going to ask of you. Nothing but keep laughing, keep smiling, and keep blabbing in the bluegrass. Because we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. There's nothing here to hide because we're saying it with pride. Just a blabbing in the bluegrass. With knowledge of the state, you're sure to appreciate. Yes, we're blabbing in the bluegrass. Where musicians furnish talent and great whiskey cools your palate. Just a blabbing in the bluegrass. With a fit for every taste, precious time is not to waste.